Welcome to Decoding Parenthood, where we unleash the secrets of parenting. Today, we have Ms. Jenny with us again, and we are going to be talking about different diets, but specifically focusing on vegan and plant-based. So welcome, Ms. Jenny. So Thank you, um, what do you think, you know, vegan diet is about? We all have our own assumptions. According to you, what do you define as a vegan diet? So vegan diet, according to me or anybody else, is a diet that does not include any animal products. So this means no animals themselves, but also no, um, no food or products that may have been produced by animals. So, which means uh, not only eating only plant-based food, okay. food that have grown from the earth, but also not consuming things like honey, not utilizing leather, etc. So that also consists of no milk. Correct. No, so no, no byproducts. No dairy, right. no meat, Okay. no fish, no eggs, okay. and nothing else that may have come from that. So is vegan diet, can, can that be compared to a plant-based diet? So when I'm talking about a vegan diet, am I talking about a plant-based diet? So a plant-based diet just means that the diet is primarily from the plants. It does not automatically, by definition, exclude any type of animal product. Got it. Um, there are many different types of plant-based diets. Uh, those could be vegan. So mm -hmm. vegan means no animal products. So vegan is a definition that talks about what is excluded mm -hmm. out of the diet. Plant-based is talking about what's included in the diet okay. and, and the majority of what's included yeah. is grown from the earth. Um, so primarily plants. That may mean things like bread because bread comes from grains and that could be fruits and vegetables because mm -hmm. those come from plants as well. Mm -hmm. And then the degree of processing, the degree of... Um, I guess what type of plants are used and what types of foods are used will determine the variations of a plant-based diet. But a vegan diet will always be no animals. A hundred percent animal free. product free. Correct. So as a, as a family, we try to, you know, utilize a specific diet so that, you know, we started living a healthy lifestyle. Mm -hmm. Now, when you go online, there are like hundreds of different kinds, right? So there's the paleo and then there is keto and gluten-free and vegan, right? Now, is there, according to you as a nutritionist, do you recommend one diet over the other for better um, nutrient consumption for our body? So that is a great question. And I think out of all the diets, um, if I have to pick one to recommend, that would be a whole food diet. And the whole food diet is really more about limiting or excluding processed foods rather than talking about specific food groups, whether they're animal-based or plant-based. Okay. Um, and within the whole foods diet, you can essentially create any type of you know, variation of any type of diet mm -hmm. that um, is in the, you know, 
in the social media and in regular media right now. So out of the different diets we have, uh, you've mentioned paleo. So paleo is short for paleolithic diet. And it's really focused on how um, people have been eating before agriculture. Okay. And interestingly enough, paleo diet is all about meat. Um, and it's the easiest diet to follow. Right. Um, because a lot of people like their meat. And mm -hmm. as long as you don't touch their meat, they're good. Mm -hmm. uh, but if we dig even just a little bit into the history mm -hmm. of how Paleolithic men lived, mm -hmm. um, then we find out that it was a diet primarily based on various wild berries and wild plants that were eaten with an occasional meat that would be coming from an animal that was hunted mm -hmm. and then divided between the people. Mm -hmm. uh, so the true Paleolithic diet is actually not having meat. Um, and by definition, it will exclude foods that have come to us primarily from agriculture. So that means no grains and that means no legumes. So n no beans, no mm -hmm. peas, things mm -hmm. like that. Um, obviously, there are certain fruits and vegetables that mm -hmm. have been cultivated in the agricultural era. Um, and again, depending on your perspective on the paleo diet, you may or may not include that. But the paleo diet could be a very healthy diet. However, um, it also can be a very processed food diet. So okay. making a personal choice mm -hmm. on how much processed food, if any, you'd like to include in your diet is a personal choice and will vary within that umbrella definition of a paleo diet. Mm -hmm. And if it's minimizing the processed food, then it will kind of fall under the greater umbrella of, of the, the definition foods, of the whole food, food diet. diet. Right. Um, ketogenic diet traditionally, historically, scientifically has been a diet that has been used to help people with seizures, with epilepsy. Okay. And there are accounts um, of this diet, you know, from the Greek doctors um, and philosophers mm -hmm. to the Bible and everything after that. Even within the ketogenic diet, there are multiple variations mm -hmm. of the diet. I actually did my thesis on the ketogenic mm -hmm. diet, and it was very interesting to learn the history of the ketogenic diet and how it developed. And ketogenic diet is truly a diet that comes with a lot of um, so-called side effects. Okay. And these are not things to play with or take lightly. Mm -hmm. And this is not a diet that would be recommended to anybody as a lifelong approach. Okay. This is really a therapeutic diet and, and a way to address specific medical conditions rather than just kind of go with the flow for a little bit of weight loss here and there. Um, we also have, you know, Mediterranean diets. Oh, I've never heard of that. So Mediterranean... We just eat olives and feta cheese. 
Well, that too. <laughs> uh, Mediterranean diet is actually has been uh, very prominent in various scientific and medical studies. Mm -hmm. And Mediterranean diet has been um, implicated in improvement in inflammatory markers, improving blood pressure, cholesterol, etc. And it's interesting because from the scientific perspective, um, essentials of the diet was basically taken together and said, okay, we'll just replicate that. Okay. And if you look at the Mediterranean region, which is essentially everything that's around the Mediterranean Sea. Mm -hmm. So it does include quite a few countries with various cuisines. So okay. it's not the same diet. Okay. So not only do the foods within the diet vary, but what was not accounted in the scientific studies mm -hmm. is that there is very little processed food. And if it's processed, it's traditionally processed. Like you mentioned, the olives and feta. Those are processed foods, but the types of processing mm -hmm. are not high volume or high pressure, mm -hmm. you know, high heat processing. Mm -hmm. uh, but most importantly, the fact that people take several hours to eat a meal mm -hmm. was not included in the studies. Okay. And one of the greatest benefits um, that scientific community sees in that region and why the Mediterranean diet has been kind of borrowed as a gold standard for a mm -hmm. healthy diet is because of the great benefit to people's health that the scientists found in that region. Um, so being able to spend time eating mindfully, eating in company of others, eating with long, joyful conversation. Eating with our television. Yes, or phone. Right. So the longer we take to eat, the more time our body has to digest the food properly and mm -hmm. absorb more nutrients. Um, in those cultures, it is people are also more likely to walk and be active and be less stressed, mm -hmm. even when they do have life stressors. So that's another very, very common one. Mm -hmm. And that would also fall under um, plant-based kind of umbrella. Okay. But it also depends on the region. Because in some regions, Mediterranean diet will mm -hmm. include heavy and you know, meat, meat options, yeah. mm -hmm. especially things like lamb and goat. Mm -hmm. uh, while in other regions, meat is going to be a side dish and you would see primarily, you know, cheese, different types of cheeses right. on, on the menu. Right. But definitely lots of veggies, lots of fruit and lots of variety. Mm -hmm. And this is another thing that, again, is missing from the you know, scientific description of the Mediterranean diet is mm -hmm. that the, that the people from that region don't eat the same thing. They, they yeah. just will not eat the same thing all the time and they eat with the seasons. Okay. So they yeah. eat locally yeah. and seasonally. It's very farm to table kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, so the, and all of these things matter. They, they influence the quality of food. Right. They influence how our body is adapt to also digesting the food. I feel like when you take those heavy foods and you try to eat them during winter, when you're not moving around a lot, it doesn't digest 
easily, but if you eat those during the summer when you're active, um, it has a better impact on you. So, you know, as, as a family and we think about, we want to follow a certain lifestyle and we want to go with vegan diets, not vegan lifestyle, but mainly vegan diet and with children, how can we make sure that the diet that we pick for us mm -hmm. is not affecting their growth and is not diminishing their nutrient content? Um, should we get it approved from a doctor or pediatrician before we do that? Or can we just, you know, follow it and play by it as it goes? So that's a, that's a very, very loaded question. And it's a phenomenal question because, um, you know, when, when you ask this, you really like, I know how much meaning and thought is put into it. Mm -hmm. And just like any parent, we want the best for our children. And we kind of want to try to combine what's best nutritionally, right. ethically, religiously, mm -hmm. etc. So when we as adults follow a certain diet, um, one of the things that I would suggest is actually speaking to a nutrition professional, mm -hmm. um, specifically nutrition professional, rather than like a, a your primary care doctor or a pediatrician. Mm -hmm. Because the doctors um, will know the nutrients that are needed. Um, however, the nutritionists are going to be able to give parents more information about right. where to get those nutrients if you choose to avoid certain food groups. Right. Um, ultimately, things like iron, for example, um, is definitely found in animals, animal products, right. meat, um, there are two types of iron. So there is heme iron that comes specifically from meat and mm -hmm. poultry. Mm -hmm. And then there is the non-heme iron that you can find in plant foods. Some people's bodies will be perfectly fine getting the iron from plant foods. Others won't. Okay. Whether mm -hmm. it's a child or an adult is following a vegetarian diet. Um, getting regular blood tests for iron levels yeah. and also iron stores, not just iron levels, is important. Okay. Because that can show whether the plant-based high rich mm -hmm. in iron foods are enough. Mm -hmm. Also, things such as um, food that are rich in vitamin C will improve the absorption of iron regardless of the source of the iron. Okay. Which means that if uh, one is choosing to, for example, you know, a vegetarian diet or a vegan diet, and they are, let's say, relying on a salad mm -hmm. with spinach um, for their iron at a certain meal, mm -hmm. then including bell peppers, which are high in vitamin C, and other fresh vegetables will, will, will improve. Mm -hmm. the absorption of iron. At the same time, acidity will also help to absorb iron, Okay. which means that if you use, let's say, a vinegar-based dressing for that salad, you so will, it takes further, it, yeah. yep, it takes you will further enhance absorption of iron. Okay. 
pairing iron-rich foods with dairy products or foods that are rich in calcium will actually inhibit absorption of iron. So do not add ranch to your salad. Yes. So a balsamic vinegar would be a better choice for getting the nutrients that you need. Um, so there, there are a lot of nuances on how different nutrients play with each other. Mm-hmm. And again, that, that's why I recommend seeing a nutrition specialist, mm-hmm. because as a nutritionist, we learn um, all these synergies and interactions of individual nutrients and right. also within the food. Um, processed food will have much fewer nutrients than non-processed food and our bodies are more capable of absorbing nutrients from real foods Mm -hmm. than nutrients from processed Processed food as we were talking about vegan diet um what you know coming back to the initial question about the nutrients that a child might not get by following a certain diet what are the most important nutrients as a parent that we should look for, um, you know, while having our child follow a diet? So um, going back again to the vegan vegetarian uh, diets, in addition to iron, um, B12, which is a vitamin, and calcium, which is a mineral, mm-hmm. are also often missing or depleted in such diets or limited. And Again, knowing where to get those foods is very important. So, for example, um, things like nutritional yeast uh, is very rich in B12 as well as in other B vitamins. um, And that could be very helpful for um, including in a vegan or vegetarian diet. And um, nutritional yeast can be used almost like flour to thicken sauces. It yeah. can be used like as a, a sprinkle, sprinkle for pasta vegetables. Yeah, I've seen that. Um, so that that's kind of one thing. Um, calcium is found in almonds, found in sesame seeds. Mm-hmm. If we're looking at nut and seed free diet, because a lot of children are allergic to nuts and mm-hmm. seeds, or are still young enough where it a choking hazard. Mm-hmm then utilizing other sources for calcium would be very helpful. Um, Certain vegetables will have higher calcium sources, um, including cabbage, uh, but also things like nettles, which is technically an herb and can be used raw if it's very, very young or dried if it's older because Mm -hmm. it's thinking nettles. Uh, However, just making a essentially an infusion out of nettles and then using that as the broth for any kind of soup or stew or even to cook pasta or rice, mm-hmm. you can enhance the calcium content uh, just by doing that. Lots of beans and lentils will be mm-hmm. rich in calcium and protein mm-hmm. and iron. Mm-hmm. So remembering that those are important sources of protein. And again, Mm -hmm. protein is another uh, nutrient we have to remember when talking about children following Mm -hmm. um, any kind of diet because children 
children's bodies grow and develop mm -hmm. so quickly that it is absolutely imperative that they're getting enough protein, enough nutrition mm -hmm. to grow their bones, mm -hmm. to have their bones strong and healthy, to have enough good fats for their brain development. So um, any kind of sources of protein, such as nuts or seeds, mm -hmm. if they're okay with it, mm -hmm. and in addition to or um, beans, lentils, peas, mm -hmm. all of those would be very healthy stables for any kind of vegetable, vegetarian-based, plant-based diets. Um, essential fatty acid is another nutrient that we really need to pay attention to, especially with younger kids mm -hmm. because of how fast their brains are developing. Mm -hmm. And healthy fats can be gotten from uh, foods like avocados and olives or olive oil. They can also be gotten from seeds. Such a inchi seeds is a, um, a South American um, seed mm -hmm. that actually looks very pretty. It looks like a star, like a, I think it's either a six or like an eight pointed star. And inside are seeds that are very rich in omega-3 fatty acids okay. because most omega-3 fatty acids are, you know, noted to be coming from fish. Mm -hmm. So if a person or a family is following a vegetarian or vegan diet and they don't consume fish, then they, there is a need to find other sources of the essential mm -hmm. fatty acid. Um, so the Sasha Inchi seeds would be one of those things. Okay. Flax seed would be another. Mm -hmm. What were the first seeds that you mentioned? Sacha Inchi. Sacha Inchi. Okay. It's a very interesting name. Okay. And they just like flax seeds, like you can just put in, put in the food. So yes, you can put them in food, but flax seeds are very small. Right. While Sacha Inchi seeds are almost like a nut. They, they're oh, okay. about the size of a peanut, but they're round. Got it. Okay. Um, it, since we're on the topic of nuts and seeds, Hemp seeds are mm -hmm. very rich in protein. Mm -hmm. So a two tablespoons of hemp seeds are have as much protein as one entire egg. Oh, wow. Okay. So putting together, for example, a smoothie of hemp and spinach and lots of different colored yeah. vegetables and yeah. fruit will provide enough protein and nutrients of all different kinds, especially right. if you're going to add some nutritional yeast yeah. in there um, to provide a very wholesome and nutrient dense um, meal option. But again, these are the things that need to be considered right. when one is following a diet that is restricting any kind of food group. So as you know, you bring up a good point that don't think this is set in stone. You have to work differently different families, different bodies, different lifestyles. It, it, you know, you have to modify it based on what your needs are, not just because it's written in the book that it's going to lower your cholesterol by 75%. It might not work for you at all. Correct. So, um, that's a, that's a great point. How long should, you know, should we follow a certain diet to reap the results of it? To answer this question in the simplest way, I would say at least three months. Okay. 
And the reason for me saying three months is because our red blood, the whole body regenerates, right? So our blood cells, red blood cells regenerate every three months, mm -hmm. which means that, you know, when we take on a new lifestyle plan or a dietary plan within three months, um, we will start to get the new red blood cells, which will show up on blood work, um, that may or will reflect any changes that have happened systemically. Um, six months is going to be even better because by then, not only did you kind of run out all your red blood cells, mm -hmm. but then you have given the new blood cells the three months to kind of Get, have a turnover. Yeah. But ultimately, when a person is eating what their body most need, desires mm -hmm. and is eating for the optimal function of their body, a person will notice that they have more energy, that they don't have headaches, that they wake up and they're ready to take the day. You know, they, they wake up refreshed yeah. and they're happy that it's morning. And you know, as you said before, it's always trial and error. So you start one and it doesn't work. It's okay to do something else because if you just keep on doing it, it's going to just deplenish what you are having. You're not going to get the results anyways, right. right? So as you said, like, it's okay to, you know, just experiment different things or maybe combine two diets and see which one, you know, or works. Or three or, or five. Four, yeah. yeah. Well, thank you so much for all this information. It was amazing. And we hope that our viewers are able to take all those wonderful nuggets and simplify and improve um, their eating and lifestyle habits. So My thank pleasure. you so much, Ms. Jenny. Thank, thank you. you for having me.